Eagle Nation, we are back with another episode. You guys can't get rid of us. We're hitting it every single week. And man, this week was controversial. Eastern went national. That's all I got to say. We'll cover it here soon. But first, as always, I'm your host, Kyler Neal. Welcome to the Eagles Power Hour. With me, like always, my co-host, Rusty Kramer. Rusty, how you doing, buddy? Doing pretty well, Kyler. How are you? I'm good. I'm just, you know, um, just battering my head from all this conversation on this negative news we've been hearing. You know, it's been it's been blasting on social media every single day and we we can't seem to get away from it. Yeah, it's it's been uh, it's been pretty interesting past couple of days. But before we get into that, I just got a couple of things I want to talk about. Do you have a do you have a dog at all, Kyler? I have a couple dogs, a couple dogs, a couple cats. We're an animal loving family, man. Well, I got a freaking two-year-old chocolate lab, and this is the first time we've had chocolate lab, and they're freaking hyper. I can't even believe how hyper they are. And so I was in my neighbor's backyard. I'm getting somewhere with this. I was in my neighbor's backyard, and he's like, hey, Rusty, watch this. And he called my dog. His name's Odie. He's like, Odie, and my fence, like, I'm 6'2", and I could barely, like, I have to get on my tippy toes and look over it. And so it's probably like a, I don't know, it's probably like a 6'5 fence up there, and uh my dog jumps on the freaking fence and he's just hanging on the side of a fence, like looking over it. I'm like, what the hell is going on here? I don't know. It's just a weird like side road. That I just wanted to go down, but it's just, it just blew my mind. No, no, I love it. So we have a, it's a lab, uh, pit bull mix. She's about 65 pounds. And when we were living in Arizona, we had a back fence that was, um, probably about six feet tall. And yeah, there was a cat that was on it and uh, she jumped the whole thing. So some dogs are just super athletic. And then, you know, I had to yell at her and of course she wouldn't jump back. So I had to, I had to climb the fence, pick her up, then throw her over. But I was a little pissed, but at the same time, I was like, dude, I'm, I'm kind of impressed. You got hops, dog. Yeah, I was, when, when I saw that, my dog was looking at me. I'm like, you've lost your goddamn mind jumping on that fence. <laughs> <laughs> what did she like see something or was it just because the neighbor said hey dog yeah he just was wants to hang out and see what's going on over there but if he knocks <laughs> over that flipping fence it's gonna be bigger issues i love it yeah man we we like our animals here we got a a pitbull lab mix like i said and then we got a little eight pound maltese shih tzu so um they're best buddies but the little shih tzu is the boss of the house so that right. pitbull can't do anything without you know the little one snapping at her legs yeah pretty funny <laughs> well hey let, let's kick it into sports a little bit um you know we're, we're all about the dogs but let's kick it into sports because we have some news that we just have to discuss because like i said it's been all over social media and we really can't get away from it so there was an announcement and like even nbc sports picked it up msn picked it up like everyone picked up this article um uh, and, and basically the headline read FCS football could be on the chopping block at Eastern Washington. Instantly, that is clickbait. We see that everyone freaks out. They're like Eastern Washington football. They're dropping it. We already know we are, you know, one of the poor FCS schools, I would say. You know, our athletic budget is middle of the pack, big sky ish. But in terms of revenue, you know, we do lose money as an athletics program. So you read that headline instantly. You, you know, most Eastern fans instantly panic. What was your thoughts when you just read that headline? FCS football could be on the chopping block at Eastern Washington. 
Well, it was immediately like click on the article because it, it piqued my interest, obviously. I just, it kind of threw me for a loop. I, I just wasn't expecting to see, I know, I mean, every couple of years you'll hear whispers about stuff like this, but just uh, uh, an actual report to come out, it just kind of caught me off guard. Yeah, and so in this report, they say, the report analyzed the cost of the athletics program to be around $12 million to $14 million a year. There's been no positive impact in our student enrollment, retention, or recruitment. And in this article, it says this was commissioned by the Faculty Senate and has been sent to the Eastern Washington Administration, including the President Mary. Um, at the end of the month, it will be presented to the Eastern Washington Board of Trustees, basically saying Eastern Washington needs to cut basically football or at least drop down you know, outside of Division One, so then we can afford to support this athletic business because at the end of the day, it's saying athletics has no impact at Eastern Washington, which guess what? I'm raising the finger. There are so many falses to this because for one, I went to Eastern Washington in 2007. So when, when athletics were not really that great, you know, we just got off the Rodney Stuckey year. So basketball was awesome. Uh, you know, the couple years prior, it was selling out our arena, which our arena is not that small for a college basketball. So that athletics was selling out, you know, our basketball arena, Rodney Stuckey. We knew he was going to get drafted. Then, then it kind of turned to football where in 2010, even our championship year, we only had like 4,000 fans a game. We won our championship year. We instantly started getting 11,000, 10,000. You know, we had how many seasons in a row of record-breaking sellout crowds. So, and, and also enrollment increased. So when they're like, hey, sports has no impact on enrollment. Obviously, they're already falsifying it. They said it's been declining steadily. We had a record-breaking year in 2018. There was more freshmen that enrolled to Eastern Washington than ever before. That was just two years ago. <laughs> how how can this article get presented without actually doing any type of research? First, that's what I want to know. This faculty, uh, and I'm doing um little air quotes again, and I know you guys can't see, but screw you guys. I'm doing my air quotes when I want to. But this faculty Senate, and it was only a couple people. I don't think it was the full Senate. I think it got presented to the Senate, and they're like, <laughs> nope, and they gave the big finger. But yeah, there's a couple faculty members that just don't like Eastern Washington athletics. It's it. This is at every school. Some people just don't understand the importance of athletics. And yes, they are right. Eastern Washington athletics loses money. So does about 90% of the schools in the FCS. So does most of the G5 schools. Really, the only money-making um, universities are the P5 universities with athletics. But that doesn't have to do anything with our football team. That has to do with, and I hate to be a little controversial, but Title IX. So, sorry, sorry, Rusty, I'm kind of taking this over. Do you have any thoughts before I keep going down this dark alley? <laughs> We're already in the dark alley, so go ahead and continue to walk. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah, we're going to keep walking. Um, hopefully we don't get mugged. But but yeah, guess what? It, it has to do with Title IX. Now, I'm, I'm for Title IX. I get the importance of having, you know, that law in place for equal rights, you know, to get women in there with, you know, collegiate athletes, because basically how it, there needs to be the same amount of athletic scholarships in women's sports as there is men. Football takes up a lot of that. Football is a lot. So you have to add more women's sports. And honestly, there's not a lot of revenue from women's sports. There's just not, you know, you have softball, 
which Eastern doesn't have, I don't think. Um, I think they have a club team. But then you have um, NCAA women's basketball. Those are like the two money-making women's sports, and I don't think across the board that they make a lot of money. I think they are great quality content, and I wish more people would watch them. But overall, Title IX hurts a lot of the NCAA. But at the end of the day, Eastern Washington should not be bitching about our athletics losing money because I don't know one person applying to Eastern going, man, I'm going to Eastern Washington because they're one of the best schools in the state. I'm going to Eastern Washington because they have an amazing um, academic program. Eastern Washington has like a 96 acceptance rate, like 96%, something like that. You know, we don't have a lot of great majors. We have a really good PT school. We have, um, you know, a pretty decent business school, uh, a little bit of pretty decent teaching school. But overall, that's all it is. It's like decency. So for the school to bitch about athletics and how athletics is losing so much money and that we need to invest all this money on education, which, guys, I am all for education. I get it. Education is really important. Education is the building block of an NCA school. It's, it's a building block of college. You go to college for the education, but you're not going to Eastern Washington because purely <laughs> it's a great educational school. You're going because it's a deal. It's one of the cheapest schools in the state. They have an awesome athletics program. It's a nice campus. It's a great community. It's a college town. It's a college vibe. You're going for more of the experiences and the budget when you go to Eastern or maybe because you didn't get into some of the bigger schools. Let's be honest. I, I'm, I'm still going down this dark rabbit hole. I don't even know if I'm making sense anymore. But basically, I'm just giving the finger to this stupid report that was that was made. And I got to give it to our president, to the associate dean of CSTEM, which is the college STEM. Um, all of them backed up athletics so fast. I want to just read this message from Leslie Cornick. And this is a message from the dean of CSTEM. So... The College of STEM values our student athletes and recognizes the important contributions they make to the fabric of our university. Many of our great Eagle athletics are STEM majors and alumni of our outstanding program. Athletics are an important part of the American university experience, and we are all made stronger by the community they help create. We are nationally recognized for our quality of student athletes and their academic excellence. The entire athletics program is an outstanding partner to EU STEM, and we look forward to our continued collaboration for excellence. I love that they were willing to put out this. Leslie, you, I'm a fan. I, I love that you are supporting us, athletics, just like athletics should support the school. We are a community. One of the great things that Lynn said, and I don't have it up, but Lynn said something, and it painted a, a really good picture. Eastern Washington athletics is like the porch and then the educational value. That's like the home. So you, you know, the porch helps really show off the home. You know, you walk into the home and you step on the porch. That's like the welcoming mat, the welcoming mat, if you will. Eastern Washington athletics is the welcoming mat to the university. It creates that community. It creates friendships. It creates a positive environment. Um, most people, when they graduate, you're not like, unless you're an Ivy league school, you're not like really super proud of the school you graduated from. Like, yeah, I graduated. I got this degree from this really amazing school. You're, you're proud of the, I mean, at least in my case, I could be different. 
I'm proud of the athletics. Like that, that's what gets me pumped. When I, when I watch Eastern Washington on TV, I'm, I'm rooting for the sports. I'm rooting for the athletics. Of course, I'm proud. I went to Eastern. Let's, let's not, you know, get it twisted. I'm, I'm proud. I went to Eastern. I loved my time at Eastern. The teaching staff was great. The, the campus was great. The community is great. The town's great. But I think a lot of it strives from athletics. And to just pull out this bogus statement on all of these negatives about what athletics has, it just proves that you're not a fan of athletics in general. You don't understand the importance of it. And I, I think it's sad. I think it's really sad. And I, I wish more people would support our school, would support our athletics. And I'm glad, you know, the people in charge within 24 hours, you know, before it was even presented to the board or whatever said, no, Eastern Washington football staying here. We are not dropping down on division because it didn't make any sense. We're going to continue to build up our athletics. We're going to continue to make them stronger. We're getting more donor support than ever. Our endowment, which I tie tie in hand or hand. Ugh, I'm getting tongue twisted. I tie hand in hand with athletics. More people will donate when your school successful in athletics. More school, more people are going to donate and they're going to not just donate to the athletics department. They're going to donate to the school in general. So I, I, I thought this was dumb when I saw the article come out. I didn't really even comment for the first couple hours because I wasn't nervous. This wasn't one of those things where like, let's say an article popped out and said, Eastern Washington football fundraising is going nowhere. We're not having a new stadium. That would be something I would instantly go, no, what's going on? And I'd freak out. But this nonsense of Eastern Washington dropping football or at least pushing them down to NAIA D2, it, it didn't make sense to me. I wasn't too nervous. Now, since I had like a 10 minute spiel about this, what are some of your thoughts? Did I miss anything or, or what, what should we take from this kind of ridiculous article, in my opinion? Well, I mean, it's, it's interesting to see the outcomes of that, right? Is unity, right? Uh, former players, staff members, and even uh, UAB, you know, <laughs> fans of yeah. UAB, right? Because they lost their football team in 2014, which they didn't have a football team for about two seasons, I believe. And they yeah. were basically saying, you know, enjoy it while you have it, you know, and uh, uh, don't don't let it go. But like you, I wasn't too worried. I mean, you just got to look at the source of the report as well and where this report is coming from. I mean, it was an ad hoc committee. So uh, it, it, it was definitely interesting to see. But, you know, at the end of the day, too, is like people who read a headline, like I was getting texts from friends and stuff, but Hey, Rusty, did you see this report? Eastern's losing their, uh, losing their football program, or they're going down a division. It's just people that read headlines and don't do any further research. Right. That has that, you know, uh, uh, you know, downstream effects. But at the end of the day, I wasn't too worried, but it was kind of nice to see some unity of from, uh, fans to the athletes, to the staff members. Yeah. You know what? There, there's that saying that all publicity is good publicity, even negative publicity. Maybe this is, you know, you, you just talked about the unity players were starting to message saying, you know, talking about the importance fans were messaging talking about the importance of athletics. Everyone seemed to strive together and shut down this narrative that we were getting messages from all over the, every fan base on FCS fans nation. Everyone was posting our link. You know, it was, it was the most talked about article, at least all off season, Eastern Washington, a power of the FCS. They're leaving football. That's what everyone's thinking. And they're like, Oh, this would be a huge blow. Um, but it was just, it was just nonsense. Yeah. It's, it's a couple committee members 
that doesn't see the importance of football or the importance of athletics, which happens. Not everyone is an athletic fan. Um, you know, I have people in my family that could give two craps about athletics. Me, on the other hand, I could give two craps about education. Uh, I shouldn't say that on lot on the air, but, you know, I can give two craps about that. Um, all in all, Eastern as a athletics program needs to support the education. The education needs to support, you know, athletics. And when they grow together, that's when Eastern becomes more and more strong. Um, so, yeah, if it's bad publicity, oh, well, maybe it's still publicity enough where now people are going to donate, like increase our endowment drastically because now they're in fear of it for some reason. You know, let's look at the brighter side of things. But yeah, oh, well, I mean, all it was was an article. I, I We're not losing our football team, guys. We're not dropping down to Division Two. Question for you, though. Let's say we did drop down to Division Two. Would you still be an Eastern Washington fan? Oh, I mean, I, absolutely right. I mean, I enjoy football as a whole. I enjoy basketball as a whole. Like I said, I'll watch other teams in the Big Sky, you know, play basketball just because I enjoy watching basketball. I enjoy watching football. But at the end of the day, like I've been a fan of Eastern Washington since I've been a kid. So it, would, I mean, just because they went down a division doesn't mean I'm just turning off the light. Like, all right, that's it. Let's move on to X team. You know, what are your well, thoughts? Well, see, you're local. Well, you're local, so you, I guess you have a, an easier access to Eastern if they did drop down a division. I would be yeah, kind of screwed. ESPN doesn't do anything for D2. Um, you know, their app, I wouldn't be able to watch the games. I wouldn't be able to stream them. Um, I would be kind of left out in the dark. I, I wouldn't know what's going on besides the Eastern Washington app. So at the end, you'd probably even lose more fans. You'd lose more support dropping down. Um, I mean, look what happened to Idaho. Their drop down from FBS to FCS, which I thought was a very smart move, just because I don't think without a West Coast conference, it wasn't that I don't think Idaho could be an FBS level team. I think they could. It was that their conference was way on the southeast corner of the, the United States and traveling for a school that's losing money, just like Eastern, because like I said, most G5 schools don't make money from their athletics either. But traveling weekly to the Sun Belt, that doesn't make sense for a small G5 school. Traveling across country, unless you're a rich one like San Diego, where you can afford to make those because, you know, you have like a 500 $500 million endowment. You know, you're you are already a G5, you know, upper end G5 in terms of your financing. But I, yeah, I mean, I thought that was a smart drop down for Idaho. I don't think Eastern Washington would be a smart drop down because we wouldn't we wouldn't gain anything. I think we would lose fans. Um, our attendance would probably for football go from eighty six hundred a game to I don't know. It'd probably be less than four thousand again. I, I do think we would we would lose a lot of money. I think if we did drop down. So I, I just think that that article in general was not well thought out. I really don't. Yeah, I mean, I agree with you completely, but uh, let's move on to, to funding and uh, the new stadium re renovation. What's, so let's talk about uh, the little, uh, I don't know, the little thing you started with, adding money to the, the stadium. So I, I liked what Rod did. So his was more of a trolling session. It was, let's everyone donate $5 and um donate it to one of the people who hates athletics. Like that was a part of the committee. So I was like, donate to him. I just started something else. I was like, Hey, you know, let's, 
let's all donate. And I, I'm already donating monthly to this athletics stadium um, or the, the Eastern Washington Stadium renovation. I'm already donating money, but I was like, all right, five dollars here. I can nominate three people, which I did. And then my, my goal is, you know, each one of you guys donates five. You guys nominate to three and it keeps starting this trend. So then, you know, by the time I don't know if we get what a thousand people, that could be what, five hundred thousand dollars, you know, something like that. Or I guess five thousand dollars. I can't do math right now. It's been a long day, but every little bit helps. So if we can continue to do something like this, start this trend and donate more, you know, this this stadium is is not just a fiction. It's a reality. Right now, we have a goal of we need to raise $25 million to get this football stadium built. Do you know where we're currently at, Rusty? I think just over $5 million, if I remember correctly. Yeah, it's, so it's $5.5 million. Um, so we did get one giant $5 million donation, which was awesome. Um, other than that, we've only raised 500000 So that's not bad given that, you know, Eastern Washington hasn't had a lot of athletic support, you know, outside of one donation, the fan base has raised 500,000 in about what, five months ish. Um, but it's still not enough. We need to either get more big fish. We need to continue to donate. We need to get more, more people who are excited about this stadium. Cause guys, this stadium looks so pretty. I, I would be proud to have this type of a stadium, so we just need to continue to to really hit the fundraising hard. I hope all of you guys are listening can donate five dollars. Um, it's not that much. It's a coffee. Even if it's five dollars one time, that would be great. If you can do a monthly of five dollars, if you're not already, I think that's even better. Um, but we really need to kick up this, you know, this fundraising. And I know Eastern Washington probably has a couple more big fish out there. Um, you know, some companies, some sponsorships. I know they're working on something. I don't know what it is yet. My guess is there's going to be a couple big announcements probably within the next six months or so, because that's how it goes with these fundraising. But I, I think we still need to focus on the little donations because every little bit helps. So whatever you guys can do, please donate. You can go ew.edu slash stadium. You can find the page, you can pledge, you can donate. Um, and Start that trend on Twitter. Once you donate $5, nominate three other people. Let's see if we can keep pushing this. Um, I would love it to hit, you know, a thousand plus people. And in the Twitter world, that's not that hard. If you can tag three people, they take three people. That adds up pretty quick. So um, you, I tagged you, didn't I, Rusty? Yeah, with that being said, I actually just donated before we started the podcast. And I was going to nominate right now. So here's Let's the deal. Yeah, I was going to nominate uh, Eric Younger, who's one of our listeners, and then uh, two boys at the tubs at the club. We were talking about unity earlier in this podcast. Well, congratulations. You just got a victory, which we'll talk about here in a moment. <laughs> but Brian Marceau and Chris Hambeer Hammond, I, uh, I'm challenging you guys to donate $5 uh, to East Washington Stadium. I love it. So just so you're even aware, Chris Hammond already donated $100. So he's already donated more than probably a lot of Eastern Washington fans because it was one of the bets we made that it was like the football. He said, hey, if Idaho beats Eastern, I'll donate. I think it was $100 to Eastern, but I'll pledge it in um, the Vandals mascot's name. And I was like, all right, well, if Eastern beats Idaho, I'll donate to Idaho Athletics. You know, it, it was one of those things um, to where the, the loser 
or the winner actually kind of lost, but it is what it is. Uh, so he ended up donating to Eastern under, you know, the Vandals mascots name, which I thought was great. The tubs at the clubs guys, they are some of the best. I hate that. I like them because I want this, you know, rivalry with Idaho to, to continue. And maybe if they keep beating the snot out of us, like they just did, which we'll talk about soon, then maybe that rivalry will continue. But Hey, quick question. So let's say everything works out. We raised $25 million. What's the next project? Cause I think, I think Eastern Washington should continue to fundraise every single, like once this project's done, let's start another project. You know, it doesn't have to be, you know, an aggressive one where it's like, Hey, we need this done within 18 months. Like this Eastern Washington football one is, or at least that's what the goal they set out. It could be, Hey, whenever we raise this money, this project could be funded, you know, something like that. And it could be a 10 year funding. I don't care, but what would you like to see next in terms of funding? Once we get the stadium, I'm not even going to say if we get, I'm going to say once we get the stadium, what's the next funding reason you'd like to see? Well, uh, I actually, this is, I'm going to go a different look, different spot with your question. So this is an idea. It's not an original idea by any means, but it's an idea that we Eastern can use. So if any Eastern Washington staff members are listening, uh, get back to me. I've been trying to contact you guys. So, uh, like San Francisco, like they do what, when they were raising money for, uh, their new stadium, they did what was called the fan walk. So fans can donate money to purchase like a brick and then they could put any message that they wanted on the brick, like, you know, go San Francisco, whatever you want. Right. And you could purchase different sizes of bricks and they have a location where they take all those bricks that fans purchase with a message on them into an area that led up to the stadium, which they called the fan walk. And I think we could do something pretty creative like that to help raise money for funds. Uh, I think it would be pretty cool because, you know, uh, as a, as a fan or as, uh, you know, other alums, you know, they, they would be, you know, pretty pumped to get their name on the stadium somewhere. Uh, and I think that'd be easy way to raise money. I love that idea. And I would buy the br- biggest brick they have available and do hashtag FTG. I really would. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I don't, I don't think I'm the only one that would do it. I think we'd have a lot of FTG bricks out there. I, I <laughs> you know, we might have, it might even just be the FTG fan walk it wouldn't even be the eastern washington fan walk it would just be the ftg fan walk i like it i like it a lot so what are your thoughts what do you think uh, eastern should attack i'm just gonna move right on what do you think eastern should uh, uh attack next with uh funding once we complete our 25 million uh little task we got you know i'm changing my answer i i think we should just do the next fundraising should just be an ftg sideline so all the players, you know, the away team has to stand on the FTG bricks. <laughs> I love it. Uh, no, no, honestly, I would. And this is going to sound weird. I'd actually love to shrink the size of Eastern Washington's basketball stadium. Mm-hmm. Um, I think 6,000 seats is quite a bit for, you know, the big sky. And, you know, we're, we're what are some of our large games are in the 3000s, 2000s. And of course, we've had sellouts before or pretty close to it. I've seen pictures where that whole stadium is full, but the everyday game, I think 6,000 seats is too much. So I would love to actually renovate Reese court, um, get rid of the, the double deck and just do a little bowl. Um, maybe 3,500 seats right around that. Um, Idaho is building a great one and they're shrinking the size. You know, they have 4,200 seats and it's a bowl. And then I'd love to have, you know, 
um, the big old monitors and screens in the middle of the stadium. I think that or the arena. I think that's always a really classic look for basketball and make it feel more like um, a college environment, too, because when I look at Reese Court, it's a big arena. It is. It's the size of Gonzaga's. It's the size of the kennel. Um, it, it's it's a large arena, but it has that high school feel for me where it's, you know, the double decks on each side. Um, and I'm not it's it's just an older style. So I, I don't even want to say high school, but high schools don't renovate that much. And my high school had the double deckers like that, too, just on the sides. Um, but I love the looks of the full bulls. Now, JMU is spending 80 million dollars. James Madison, they are spending 80 million dollars on a basketball program that averages like eight wins a year. That team is awful. Um, their women's team is great, but their men's team sucks. So after we raise this $25 million, let's renovate Reese Court. I would love it. We'll put a fundraiser up there again. And hey, if it's a 10-year fundraiser, I don't care. At least it gets people engaged. It gets people you know, hoping and seeing and looking at a future. And that's all we can really ask for. Continue to make athletics better. Every little penny helps. Guys, we need you to donate. I, I don't want this just just sound like a a podcast where we're trying to take all this money from you. But hey, if you want Eastern Washington Athletics to grow, we need you to donate. Get on there, ewu.edu slash stadium. Donate. We'll love you for it. All right. Now into basketball. We had, I don't I wouldn't want to say, you know, a letdown week because we had some positives and we had some negatives. But it was a, an emotional up and down roller coaster this week. So Eastern Washington sits at 10 and four in conference, 17 and eight overall. Honestly, we're not doing bad. Eastern Washington is, is tied for second in the big sky with Northern Colorado, who's another solid squad. But we had a letdown playing what I would consider not the worst team in the big sky. You know, we, we said they're going to be tough um, and I think they're better than Idaho State. But we played one of the worst teams in the big sky and we started awful. Do you want to do a quick breakdown on this Idaho versus Eastern Washington game? Because we had the tubs at the club guys texting us. They were, you know, sending us dirty messages like, haha, making fun of us. And it was like, you know, the first couple minutes. And I was like, hey, this is just a typical Eastern Washington start. We're going to come back. We're going to, you know, keep it close. And we did. But it was such a sloppy start. And I want you to break it down because... I didn't get to watch all of it, but I was I was kind of bummed. Yeah, that was a rough one, and especially I will admit I was completely wrong. I said we we're going to win by 22. Uh, I was incorrect, obviously, but I did say that Easter needs to win the rebound battle and they got destroyed at the rebounds. Uh, so we lost 74 71. Idaho shot. I felt like they were making everything in the beginning of the game. At the end of the game, they shot right around 50%. We shot around 38%. Uh, Idaho just destroyed us on the glass. They got 46 rebounds. We had 28. Idaho really got off to a, a fast start. They won on a 16-point run after we scored six points. And at the end of the first half, it was 41-23. I mean, that's a lot to be down by, even for Eastern. I know they get pretty hot in the second half, but that's a lot of points to be down in a half. Idaho shot around 48% in the first half and Eastern shot 29% in the first half. And it's just, it, that's a really hard gap to come back from. 
It, they were just very sloppy with the ball, bad turnovers. I mean, Idaho was getting hyped after making a couple of shots. I mean, uh, their guys really got up for the game. There's no doubt about it. Uh, in regards overall for the game, uh, Idaho scored 46 points to 26 points just from the two-point range. They had 30 points worth of layup, so they're definitely penetrating the paint. I mean, there's like I said, there that the plan or the uh, the, the scheme to beat uh, I, uh, Eastern. I mean, it's out there. You just got to be physical and get in the paint. Once you start scoring in the paint, I'll open up everything else. Uh, Idaho had 36 points in the paint. We had 22. They had 21 points off the bench. Eastern had 13. And Trayvon Allen, man, I yeah, he was I, a beast this game. Yeah, he had uh, what was it? 32 points, 11 rebounds, a double double. He was 12 for 23. Uh, he was just he usually averaged right around 21 points a game. But it, it is fun to watch him because he's just a baller through and through. The way that he scored, he reminds me of James Harding a little bit. The way that he uses his body to create space between him and the defender to get his shots off. So his efficiency rating is was 36. And this is uh, a statistic that it combines, a, you know, multiple statistics. And basically, uh, efficiency rating of 36 is equal to like a, an all-star in the NBA. I mean, Trayvon Allen just absolutely, you know, played out of his mind. In regards to like Eastern Washington players, I mean, Jacob Davison scored 21 points. Mason Peeling had a double-double, 21 points, 10 rebounds, and Kim Aiken Jr., 10 points. He went three for 16, and he went two from uh, two for 13 from three-point range. That, I mean, that's pretty difficult, just launching shots after shot after shot. But So in the second half, Eastern was able to kind of close the gap, and but they weren't able to... To, to finish it, unfortunately. I mean, it's just too large of a gap uh, to, to close. I mean, they're spending pretty much the entire second half trying to get within 10 points. And then we finally got it within, what, like three or two points. And uh, we weren't, mm -hmm. weren't able to finish just due to poor shot selection. Yeah, I mean, coming trying to come back from 18 points at the half is always going to be tough. So I am glad that Eastern showed some resiliency. They showed heart. They, they showed that they're not going to give up. And we've seen that throughout the year. Um, where even if they're down, I mean, we've seen them down, what, 10 points with just a couple minutes left and they come back and win or they bring it to overtime and then, you know, get the, get the W in overtime. So there was always hope in this game that we might be able to come back and win, but 18 points at halftime is a big deficit to try and overcome. But yeah, Trayvon Allen, man, he, he's a stud. And I watched him actually a couple of days prior, they were playing Montana and he had another 30, 30 plus game. I think he had like 36 points, 35 points against Montana. And he gets up for these local rivalry games. And I think Idaho in general gets up for this local rivalry game. You know, obviously they haven't done too well on the season, but they played well against Portland state. They've played Eastern Washington really good twice. Now they played Montana really good. Um, you know, once they, they brought it within just a couple points, they almost upset Montana. So Idaho is not this team where they're as bad as their record shows. They're not as bad as a seven and 17. We've said this the last couple of times on the podcast talking about Idaho. They're, they're better than what their record shows. They really are. Um, and I, if I'm Eastern, am I nervous if we have to play them again in the big sky tournament? Not really. I think we're, we showed, especially in the second half, we're still a better overall team than them. And I don't think they could beat a team like Eastern Washington twice. I don't think they're as physical and as talented as a Montana, 
I think we match up better with Idaho, but guess what? They, they played their hearts out. They played well and they got the victory. And at the end of the day, these types of losses to Eastern Washington, you know, when we're playing Idaho is going to help strengthen this rivalry. Um, Cause we don't want to lose to anyone on the Palouse. We don't want to lose to Idaho. Idaho's kind of in football. They were the joke of the big sky in basketball. They're the joke of the big side the last two years. And they used to be really good in basketball. So when Eastern Washington, who's at the top of the big sky, continues to lose to Idaho, you better believe this rivalry is about to get intense within the next couple of years. So, I mean, let, let's take this negative, turn it into a positive and say Eastern Washington within the next couple of years may have a true rivalry that, you know, is going to replace Montana. I'm excited at least for that. I don't know if it'll ever replace Montana for the Eastern fans, but um, we at least have potential to replacing Montana as long as this Idaho team keeps baiting us. Yeah, it's the Idaho fans definitely let me know after the game on Twitter that <laughs> they beat us. But I mean, just looking at the game in general, right? Uh, just Trayvon Allen. I mean, I like I said before this game, you're not going to stop a score. A score is going to find opportunity. You know, they're going to find a way to get to the hoop and uh, get buckets. But what that ended up doing was creating opportunities for other you know, players on Idaho. Uh, every time that he would drive, we would try to collapse and double team him. Well, you just created an opportunity for another individual. So it's really tough. And then just Kim Aiken Jr., man, he just shot uh, he, very he, poorly. To, to say yeah. to say the least two from 13 at three point range and this is really difficult i mean he's a pretty athletic guy and he just needs to find other ways to score just besides standing around the three-point area and just launch on threes i mean two for 13 there's got to be better ways to get buckets like i get it man and just you're trying to shoot to you know get a rhythm but when we're down 20 or 18 to 20 points it's just like we can't be wasting possessions just trying to get somebody in rhythm right Yep, I, I totally agree with you. Um, I hope we get another opportunity to play them in the Big Sky you know, championship or Big Sky playoffs. I, I just hope we get another opportunity because I, I want to give a little bit of shade to Tubbs at the club. <laughs> that, that, that's oh, really I my only goal. <laughs> so I hope we play him. Now we're going to turn it around into our true rival, air quote, true rival, the damn cup. We played Portland State. Eastern Washington won 89 to 81. So after that embarrassing loss to Idaho, we we came back. We showed that we're not in a slump. You know, even though we lost our two rivals over there, we weren't going to lose to Portland State. Jacob Davison had one hell of a game. Can you break down what you saw? Because I was actually I was in Mardi Gras during this game. So I was actually having a good time and and drinking. And I did not watch this, but I was I was Looking at the, um, I was looking at my ESPN app the whole time going, oh yeah, oh yeah. Every time we'd shoot a score, but I didn't actually get to see it like live on TV. Yeah, that makes sense. Why I wasn't getting anything back from you. I would reply to me either being in Mardi Gras. So, so Galveston, if you guys, you know, Mardi Gras, you think of Bourbon Street, you think of New Orleans, Galveston, Texas, just about an hour south of Houston. It's an island town. It has an awesome Mardi Gras event. My wife was having a blast. She got it like a hundred beads. So I was making a whole bunch of jokes that, you know, she was showing off a little bit too much. Um, <laughs> she was not, she's a good classy lady, but they throw beads out to everyone guys. But no, it was, it was so much fun. I, I had a blast. We're going back again next weekend too, where we're going to rent a house on Galveston, like a block away. We're just going to 
get, have a drunk old time and have a good time. Yeah. I, uh, that, I guess that explains the amount of beads that you said you got personally for yourself. I mean, I don't know. I, I guess we'll talk about that on different podcasts. <laughs> All right. I so we'll just move on. We're going to talk about that anymore. We'll let the viewers listen uh, to come up to whatever conclusion they want to come up with in their heads. So <laughs> Portland state was seven two prior to this game. Well, they lost, like Kyler said, we beat them 89, 81. Uh, but Portland state was in the lead for majority of the game. Uh, they led for 25 minutes and 42 seconds of the game. I think what was the last, uh, I don't know, like 12 and 41 or 12, 13 in the second half, Eastern Washington finally took the lead and uh, they held it for the remainder of the game. But I don't know what it is lately, but Eastern has been starting very slow and very sloppy. The beginning of this game was pretty rough to watch. Portland state went up 16 to two with 17, 11 left in the first half. It's just Terrible ball control, sloppy full court passing for whatever reason. Portland State defenders would just intercept the ball in midair. It was just really sloppy in the beginning uh, of the half, but uh, they were able to come back in the second half. So in regards to shooting percentage, uh, Eastern shot 45% in the first half. Portland State shot 50% in the first half. In regards to second half, Eastern shot 53% and Portland State shot 48%. Coming back from the rebound game, talking about the Idaho game, I mean, Eastern just completely dominated the boards. Uh, Eastern had 43 rebounds to Portland State's 24. They really took advantage of that and dominated the glass. Uh, Portland State had 21 points off of turnovers in regards to the sloppy start that I was talking about. That was just in the first half, 21 points off of turnovers. I mean, that's just... That's not a good way uh, to start, but Eastern was able to claw back with 12, 13 left in the second half. And once they took the lead, they, they, you know, they, they never gave it back up. Uh, but Portland state started to claw back with 42 seconds left. Uh, Holland scored from Portland state to get it within 82 to 77, but Eastern closed it out being uh seven for eight from three free throws in the last 36 seconds. So we were able to close out the game, uh, it feels like throughout the season, Eastern's been playing a lot better in the second half versus what they've been playing in the first half. I don't know what it is, but you know, getting late in the season and coming into the tournament, they really need to uh, get a better start in the first half or they're just going to run into the game like they did to Idaho. They're not going to a- be able to close that gap with whatever lead uh, the opponent has. And it's going to be, you know, that's going to be the game, unfortunately, but Going back to the Portland State game, Jacob Davison had 30 points. He was 9 for 12 for field goals, 10 for 12 for free throws. Mason Peeling had a double-double, 22 points, 11 rebounds. Uh, Kim Aiken Jr. had 11 points. He was 4 for 12 and 3 for 8 for three-point lands, and he also had 13 rebounds, so he has himself a little double-double. So I was getting curious about Kim Aiken Jr. I felt like he's been in kind of a shooting slump the past couple of games. So looking back, the last six games, Aiken has shot 18 for 63. That's 28%. And from three-point range, he he has been 9 for 45. That's 20%. He's usually averaging 40% uh, for field goals. And from three-point land, he's shooting on average, 33%, which is both a low for him. So, I mean, he's just been in a slump these past couple of games. So hopefully they find some better opportunities for him to score, to get his confidence up, try to find some easier buckets to score versus just shooting jumpers, contested jumpers and everything from three point land. And 
I want to talk about one more individual, Kassan Rouse. I've been talking about him the past couple podcasts. I've been tweeting about him. When this guy gets in the game, he is he to me, he just changes the way that Eastern can operate, not only offensive side, but the defensive side as well. Cause he is, you know, he's a very quick player. Uh, he's able to cover uh, you know, the opponent's scores. He was in on Trayvon Allen. Again, a score is going to score at the end of the day, but Kassan Rouse was able to give him some problems. And uh, Kassan Rouse, I mean, he's shooting fairly well. I mean, he's shooting like right around the 40% range from three-point land and also just for uh, two-pointers as well. So I really think he brings a different dynamic uh, to Eastern when he's in the game. Man, that was that was some in-depth coverage. I am glad I hired Rusty Kramer, and I'm glad he's doing it for free because, guys, you're not going to get anyone better. I am not as good as Rusty when it comes to basketball talk, and I love it. So, Rusty, thank you so much for the breakdown. That was awesome. Um, so our next game is against Sac State, right? Let's let's talk a little bit about Sac State. So we already covered Sac State on our podcast a couple weeks ago. We said they're a nitty-gritty team. They play hard defense. We're not going to be able to score a lot on them. And we won 59-54 in a a low-scoring, sloppy, defensive, physical game, which I was glad we were able to beat them in their own type of game. So since then, they have gone um, 3-2. So they they have wins over Idaho State, Southern Utah. They have losses against Idaho, Weber State, and Northern Colorado. What's going to be the keys to this game? And I know since we already covered it, I don't think much has changed. You know, now it's just not at Sac State. Now it's at... Eastern Washington, but what are the keys of the game? What do we need to learn from our last game to try and put more points on the board to try and basically secure a W? Luckily, like you said, we're not playing uh, at Sacramento State. Sacramento State on the road is three and eight. And uh, like I said last game, I really wasn't surprised on their approach for trying to beat Eastern or when they're playing us is they're going to try to run the, you know, the offensive side of the ball through Joshua Patton, uh, basically to either score with him or create opportunities with him, with our guys collapsing on the double team. You're going to see a lot of screens, a lot of motions with Sac State and, uh, that's how they're going to try to score the easy buckets down in the paint, try to win the rebound game, trying to get those second chance opportunities. But we really need to force them to test, you know, to take those contested jumpers. And uh, because statistically shooting Sac State is the worst shooting percentage team in the big sky. And they're also last and 3% or uh, three pointers as well, shooting right around 30%. So we want Sac State to be shooting the ball, nothing in the paint. We want them out of the paint completely, but I mean, Sac State is definitely a worthy uh, contender because in the last game, like we said, I mean, we barely won 59-54, which was our lowest you know, shooting or scoring for the season. Uh, looking at Sac State defensively, uh, they're only allowing 58.2 points per game, which is first in the big sky and fourth in the country with Eastern scoring 81.5 points per the game. Uh, first in the big sky and fifth in the country. So ideally, I mean, this is, I mean, offense against defense. So this is going to be a pretty interesting matchup, but we have to force Sac State to shoot the ball, allow nothing to come easy in the paint and uh, make their guys beat us by shooting jumpers, shooting three points. And as far as us scoring offensively, you have to keep the ball moving. I mean, you can't try to just go one-on-one with Mason Peetling, just try to take it down low. We have to have our guys moving around quick, uh, we want to see some fast play to get those fast buckets. To me, those are kind of the keys to the game. So 
What's your what's your uh, prediction for this game, Kyler? So I, I think we score more than we did. I don't think they hold us to 59 points. Um, I will say I still think it will be low scoring compared to Eastern Washington's average. I'll say Eastern Washington 68, Sac State 57. Oh, I, I'm pretty close to you. I think it's going to be around, right around 68, uh, 58 Eastern win. I, I do think it's going to be a, a close game, and we're going to pull away in the second half. Again, we've been starting really slow in the first half, so hopefully Eastern could get off to a fast start and just kind of keep the, the pedal uh pedal to the metal there and just continue on through the second half. But I think 68 58 uh, with the Eastern Washington victory. Yeah. I definitely don't want to start off super slow against a really good defensive team. Cause sometimes they just won't let you back in the game. So I hope we don't start off slow. Like we have the last couple games. Um, we need to start out aggressive. We need to shoot the ball well to start. And then I think once we have a lead, we'll, we'll pretty much sustain that lead throughout the game. At least that's the hope. But before we jump off this podcast, I have to nominate this guy from Sac State real quick. They're they're stud from New Zealand. I think he has the best name I've ever heard in my life. Do you know who I'm talking about? Yeah, why don't you go and uh, tell us who you're talking about, Kyler? <laughs> oh, dang. I was hoping you'd just be like, oh, yeah, this guy. <laughs> um, I think he has the coolest name I've ever seen in my life, and I don't even know if I'm going to pronounce it right, but I want to see this game live to see how they pronounce it because it, Mario Hujo Liafa, like, I feel like that's, pretty close but all i know is he just won my favorite name of all time on the eagles power um guys you need to step up your name um because his was awesome and i love the way he spells his first name too isaiah but it's i-z-i-z-a-y-a-h dude this is this is my new favorite player that's not an eastern washington guy just because of the name yeah, I uh, I saw it before the podcast. I'm like, do I really want to talk about this player? Because <laughs> I won't be able to pronounce his name. He, he's actually done pretty well against Eastern too. He's, um, you know, he had ten points, five assists, three rebounds, and he's a guard. So for a Sac State guy, he's he's not doing that bad. He actually did better than his average. Um, his average is only two assists throughout this season, and he had five versus us. His average is only nine points per game. He had ten versus us. So Overall, man, he's playing better against Eastern Washington, and it's got to yeah. just because of the name. Well, I mean, I, absolutely. I mean, the, the past four games he, against Northern Colorado, he scored thirteen. Against Southern Utah, he scored twenty-one. Idaho yeah, State scored eleven, and then we- Weber State, he scored twenty-two points. So, I mean, he's definitely been playing uh, very well uh, later in the season. So, yeah, I think we need to be on the lookout for him, and I can't wait to watch to see how how our announcers butcher that last name. <laughs> um, well, I don't think we have anything else to cover. Um, sorry. It was a, a shorter episode guys, but you know, we still almost pushed it a full hour. We didn't have a lot of content to cover. Um, hopefully we have Brian McLaughlin coming soon, but will you announce the other special guests we have that's on the books for next week? Yeah. So we actually have uh, a couple uh, interesting guests possibly down uh, this month on the podcast we have ryan collinwood who is the beat writer for eastern washington and also the deputy commissioner uh of the big sky dan satter so uh, exciting to have them on the podcast later this month to talk big sky and uh basketball and football with us uh, i actually also have one more thing to add before we call it a day here on eagles power hour so let's do it. i had a uh, 
a little interesting discussion back, uh, I don't know, early, late spring with uh, another podcast, FCS Football with Joe DeLeon and Sean Anderson, who played at uh, Rhode Island for their football team. So Joe DeLeon, basically, he posted on uh, the Twitter of him jumping up for uh, like a punt coverage or whatnot. And I made a little comment on his jump. Oh, I should say hop. I mean, jump is a pretty athletic move. It was more <laughs> of a hop. And I said, basically, you, mean, you can almost put a debit card or credit card underneath that vertical. And he challenged me to put my vertical out there and, and I obliged and I just retweeted it. So, uh, so I hit him up again. I said, How, how's your vertical these days, boys? And they challenged me with seeing my three cone drill. Well, uh, Joe and Shauna, I'm challenging you with the same. Let's, let's see who could put up the faster time. I will say, uh, I, I'm def- definitely in regards to my fitness, I'm a, a ultra marathon runner. So I'm preparing for a 120 mile race come in July. So I'm pretty targeted towards endurance, not necessarily for pure speed, but the athlete and the competitor in me will accept your challenge and I'll, I'll double down. I got to say, you know, if it was back in the day, back in my college physique, I would probably uh, let you challenge me too. And I would post my tires, but I will not let myself embarrass myself right now with, with my, my physique. <laughs> I would I'd probably tear an ACL. So I'm, I'm going to leave that one to you, Rusty, but I hope you support Eagles nation well with your numbers. Uh, we'll, we'll we'll see what we can do. <laughs> Don't embarrass the podcast, or else you're fired. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, hey, Rusty, I appreciate you jumping on talking sports with me. Uh, tell the Twitter world how they can find you, and um, hopefully, people start you know talking a little smack to you. I, I hope we can rile up more fans. It's just been Idaho fans so far, so let's rile up some more fans across across the big sky. It was talking smack to just me. I like the way you phrased that. Like, people, leave poor old Rusty alone. I just had enough after this little Idaho win, man. I'm just kidding. Bring it. Hey, man, they, I love it. They gave it. They got it to you. Uh, they've yeah. been talking smack to me since football season. So, fair, you know what? Y- you get it. And actually, it was even last year, too, when Idaho was an awful team and they beat Eastern Washington basketball. So, I've been hearing it for a year and a half. It's your turn. You're welcome. <laughs> all right well you could hit me up on twitter at mid mid fourth rounder it's just exactly how it's spelled uh so leave us a a comment as well or uh rate us on apple podcasts if you have any questions or input for us uh hit us up on twitter we're more than happy for have some interactive uh talks on the Twitter sphere and we'll, we'll typically we'll try to bring it up during uh, every episode. So go and hit us up. All right. And last but not least, go Eags. <laughs>